Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Many people, even Christians, often find themselves overwhelmed by the vast array of philosophies and religions that exist. In the Christian church, there are obviously all sorts of different traditions and teachings that exist under that broad umbrella, and outside of it there are even more. When you add in the fact that so many people have their own private opinions that maybe don't even line up with their religion or church to which they belong, one could say there are enough different belief systems as, well, there are people in the world. But Jesus makes it far more simple for us. There are really, in fact, only two religions two faiths. There are, on the one hand, the sons or the children of the kingdom and the sons of the evil one. We heard that word son both in our epistle and in our gospel as well. I think here it serves us well to say something I know i probably explained before about that term son. Paul talks about us being sons of God and it's not meant to be sort of a patriarchal, you know, elevating men sort of term. We are all sons of God, men and women alike. Because of course in that biblical setting, a son is one who has an inheritance. From the Father. And that is all of us. So there are effectively, as Jesus reminds us, two different faiths, two different religions those who are sons of the kingdom and those who are sons of the evil one, Satan. They are described in Jesus' parable as wheat or good seed that was sowed into the field by the Son of Man, Jesus, and the weeds which are sowed by the devil, Satan. We live in a world where wheat and weeds have together been sown. We live in a world where there are people of these two vastly different religions, but two systems of faith which are incredibly intertwined with one another. You see, in the parable, the sower sows good seed into his field, but the enemy comes along and sows weeds along with it, and they spring up together. And the servants want to go out into the field and get rid of the weeds right away. But the master of the field says, no, lest in rooting up the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. That tells us something about this world where the sons of the kingdom and the sons of the evil one live together. They are entangled 
together. And they can often be difficult to distinguish from each other. But sorting them out is a task reserved for God and not for us. However, we might want to try to take it on ourselves. You might find that a bit intimidating to think that there are such people in the world who are sons, heirs of the devil, of Satan himself, who receive from their father the devil an inheritance of eternal judgment, eternal suffering, and eternal death. Jesus will later describe that when he explains the parable. We've been studying on our Thursday morning Bible study the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs deals with the theme of wisdom. And wisdom is always contrasted with folly or foolishness. Two different ways in which we have set before us either to walk in the wise ways of the Lord God and his word or to walk in the paths and ways of foolishness. That temptation is obviously before us as sinful people. But then we also encounter those who have already gone all the way down the path of foolishness, of folly, of the ways of the evil one, who will inherit from their father the devil judgment, punishment, eternal death. It takes incredible wisdom as a child a son of the kingdom, to know how to live in such a world. Jesus makes clear, and he repeats this in abundant places throughout his teachings in the Gospels, that there are indeed enemies of God, enemies of the sons of God, the children of God, that exist in the world among us. The question I ask you today is, do you know who they are? Because you can be certain that a person is a weed, and yet God in his great mercy may be preparing that person for the harvest to gather into his barn on the last day. Are you the one to make that judgment? Or someone may give all the appearances of being a child of God, an heir of the kingdom, and yet it's a facade. It's fake. That person who may appear to be wheat could in fact be a weed that will be burned. Wisdom calls us to understand how to live in such a world where this seemingly impossible reality exists. And so God in his great mercy leaves the task of sorting out the wheat from the weeds to himself and his angels, not to his church. It's reserved for the last day when the wheat will be gathered into the barn and the weeds will be bundled up and thrown into the fire. So when Jesus calls you in the Sermon on the Mount to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that's because you never know what that enemy will become what God may have in store 
for that person. You truly can love everyone, whether they seem to be an ally in the kingdom of God or whether they seem to be an enemy, because the task of sorting them out for all eternity is not yours. Thanks be to God. This parable calls us to trust the one who sows the seed and who is in charge of gathering the harvest. The one who owns the field, the son of man who sows the seed, they know who are the sons of the kingdom, the children of the kingdom. They know who are their precious wheat. They know you. And to those who are loved and beloved by the Father and the Son, a blessed eternity awaits when we are gathered into that heavenly kingdom, gathered into the barn of the owner of the field, of God the one who owns the field, owns the world, and cares for all within it. You see, this parable is a reminder to us as Christians to be forward-looking, to be looking to what God in his great care for the field will do at the very end. It's one of the reasons there's such great joy and comfort in reading the book of Revelation. I know we often get intimidated by talk of the end of all things and judgment and punishments and things like that. But do you think there is punishment that awaits the sons of the kingdom, the children of the Father? Of course not. The judgment is reserved for those whom God himself will separate from his church. He knows the hearts of all in the field. And he knows yours. He has sowed you to be good seed. Those who are fed with God's word, who hear the promises that are yours in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, his work accomplished on the cross, his victory over the grave on Easter, that we might have hope and a future. As St. Paul talks about in our epistle for today, we don't hope for what we can see. That would not be hope. We hope in what is unseen. Our hope is in a future, a gathering by the, the sower, a gathering by the master of the field of all the sons of the kingdom into that barn, into that everlasting new heaven and new earth that he will prepare for us. And so as we struggle to live with one another in this world, the people around us and trying to navigate and decide who is who, it's not yours to decide. Love your brother and sister in Christ. Love the one who appears to be your enemy. Proceed with wisdom, for God will sort it out, not you. And look forward with great hope and joy to that time when the righteous, Jesus says, 
will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. That is ultimately the one true religion. To be a child, a son of the kingdom of the Father. Where you are the righteous, made so by the blood of Jesus Christ himself. Those who have hope and promise and a future. That though it is not seen now, it will be. May God grant you grace to navigate life in the fields where wheat and weeds together have been sown, but where God and Christ are faithful to care for the ones planted within it who are his dear children, where the one who sows and gathers promises a future that is yours in Christ alone. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.